Chapter Fourteen of Limanora, The Island of Progress by Godfrey Swevin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Last Flight. Though this menorah seemed to me so solemn and almost sacramental in its spirit, there was no withdrawal from any of the families from the duties of their daily life. They were as eager for the advance of their special sciences as they had ever been. Nay, the progress seemed to me more and more rapid. The faculties were whetted with their utmost keenness. Their energies were buoyant and free. I had expected that this religious review of the whole of their life to find a relaxation of their intellectual temper, a languor in their wills, such as I had often noted in periods of great religious outbursts in the West. I had been accustomed to look for an aloofness from the common pursuits of life and a prostration before the great ideals of faith, whenever a wave of worshipful enthusiasm broke over any community in Europe. This people would have thought a religion that thus blanched common life of its interests and enthusiasms not merely useless but mischievous. Prostration before the infinities and eternities was the last attitude they would encourage for they considered it blasphemy against the spirit of the cosmos. If the menorah had in any way withdrawn their energies from their forward march, they would have abolished it. Progress was religion, or the fulfillment of the irrepressible yearning of all things to rise in the cosmic scale of being, and that anything religious should check or obstruct advance was to them the grossest contradiction in terms. Religion was in Limanora the essence of practical life, or rather practical life was the highest religion. Though the review was an intense pleasure to the whole nation, throwing the thought as it did farther and farther into the future, none neglected for a moment the severe physical labor that was their daily portion in the center of force. None felt their spirits relax in their eagerness to perform the work of their life. On the contrary, the new religious enthusiasm added a zest to all that they had to do. To no families did so many or so urgent demands come as to those of the Leomo, for the great mountain had been more than ordinarily perturbed. In spite of numerous new lava wells, the crust of the whole island had been shaken by frequent earthquakes, and out of the mouth of the crater had stormed far pennons of dust and ashes showing that something unusual was occurring in the depths below. Then had come a sudden and ominous lull during the latter half of the menorah. The earth had grown quiescent, and the whole summit of Limanora stood vivid and clear in the azure. The Leomo were not deceived by this sudden cessation of subterranean activity. It meant new issues for the volcanic energy amid the Antarctic snows, and new dangers from the possibilities of intrusion of southern waters. Most members of the families were needed in the island itself for the investigation of the new phenomena and the sinking of lava wells, and only two could be spared for an inspection of the volcanoes of their old home. Thyriel and I were chosen to make the expedition, for we had lately been accorded the high privilege of marriage, and comradeship in danger was the usual and natural welder of the new bonds. As soon as the review was over we had to set forth on our venture, and we were instructed to return with all the speed we could manage. 
we did not need such instructions our own quickened enthusiasms were incentive enough we knew that the reports by the adrovamalan of events occurring so far to the south could not be wholly trusted for these regions were too often enveloped in mist or blinding snowstorm and it was difficult to float the observer in the teeth of their furious winds and impossible to send the telepathic line of light to such a distance even if electric oral and visual records had been gathered by means of the machine reporters they would not have been minute enough for the purposes of the leomo there was generally needed therefore a personal inspection of the lands away to the south whenever there were unusual perturbations in the great mountain and its precincts to have been selected for this difficult duty was an honour so great as to stir us to unwanted effort a few hours after the duty had been assigned us we had everything on board our felina and from the hill of farewells we had started full of eagerness to do our best for our people we were too happy in our new comradeship and in our extraordinary task to allow any sense of separation or fear of disaster to cloud our thoughts so anxious were we to be on our way that we scarcely looked back at our companions and guardians as they stood watching our flight after giving us their magnetism nothing occurred to make the voyage south especially memorable we did notice far below us in the night one or two dark masses that were not identifiable with anything in our maps but we set them down as great icebergs born out of their usual course and the cap they seemed to bear we took for a turban of mist round their heads from our later observation of the southern lands we afterwards judged that they were temporary volcanic islands thrown up on the line of shallow water by the renewed violence of the fires below a great storm met us as we approached the ice cliffs of the antarctic nothing could be seen for the drift of snow and hail through the air and we were forced to rise high into the atmosphere beyond the region of winds and tempests and clouds for days we could see no break in the massed blackness below us we chafed at the delay but knew that it was inevitable for even if we could have landed in safety we should have been able to see nothing for the thickness of the driving snowstorm and we would assuredly have imperiled our felina in attempting to come to earth in the baffling winds at last we felt the magnetism of the upper atmosphere lessen in force and caprice and we knew that the disturbances below would gradually vanish the sun seemed to gather power and we saw the cloud floor rend like an ice sheet on flooding waters the fifth morning broke brilliant and clear there lay the heaving surface of the ocean blue as the sky and away to the south gleamed on the horizon the knife edge of far-stretching ice but there was something new and strange beyond it thick smoke trailed heavily above it and a dozen new points of light made it lurid we had drifted far to the north and anxiously we turned the prow of our ship towards the old home of the race we seemed to wing our way with inordinate slowness so eager were our spirits to know the new phenomena and carry the report back to limanora every league nearer made us more certain that some great disturbance had occurred in the crust of the earth the sea was covered with the debris of a world of ice 
huge icebergs swam lazily breasting the swell or clashed against each other in splintering collision in some of them we could see the dark moats that marked them as portions of the vast graveyard we had once visited closer still to them we could see many of the long buried bodies emerging from their tombs of frost like lazaruses still bound in their grave clothes it was a strange sight this phantom-like resurrection at the touch of sunlight over the unguided procession of icy funeral barges bearing their century-sheeted dead to burial in the ocean we hurriedly winged to land there were still more striking sights in store for us the appearance of the cliffs and mountains had been completely changed it looked as we approached as if what had formerly been a great plateau had been ridged and furrowed by some titanic plough and where a dozen smoke vents had once bore witness to the living fires beneath hundreds belched forth ashes or sent a red tongue of molten lava oozing and licking down their slopes we had to change our landing place far to the west for dozens of miles had been added to the eruptive area and the cliffs where we used to land were scarred by explosion or were tottering before the assaults of the billows the storm we had encountered had evidently been the companion if not the result of this vast upheaval and at the same time had hidden from us as we hovered above the clouds the titanic protechni we flew along the cliff line till we reached a region that seemed untouched by the orgasm of the earth our airship we piloted into a cleft or valley which we thought could protect it from any showers or ashes or torrents of lava that might approach but to guard against possible disaster we adjusted our wings and took with us as much of the minute stores of sustenance as we could carry in our garments we securely fastened down the felina so that no storm might bear it away and then we rose into the air on our wings above the smoke and steam that hung over this region it was with great difficulty and some danger that we investigated the state of the land where the lava wells had been sunk for the vents spat out great showers of dust and ashes intermittently and the pall of smoke brushed this way and that as the light breeze rose and fell by dint of care and watchfulness we managed to see most of the ridge side that abutted on the ocean its whole appearance had been changed there was not a sign of our old lava wells the side of one hill had been blown away and a torrent of melted snow and ice raced down the ravine vents had been broken out where there had been glacier or precipice or rocky peak but as yet none of the vents were low enough to let the sea break over their lips the worst of all had not yet occurred we could not finish our investigation in the first day so we lay down in our felina to sleep as the brief darkness approached we were well content with our day's work and we would have slept easily and well but for the tremors in the earth beneath us its very foundation seemed at time to shake and threaten convulsion once we thought of taking to the air again for safety so billow-like were the movements that tossed us as we lay however morning broke without catastrophe and we were soon busy at our work of inspection 
we flew to the other side of the range of mountains in order to note how the shores of the inland sea had borne the effects of the commotion in the crust of the earth at first we seemed to see no change but when we had left our felina and followed the old line of cliffs the magnitude of the disturbance impressed us new precipices stood beetling over the still waters where we remembered to have seen low shelving bays we searched for the old sections in which we had seen the stratification of the civilized abode but the strange palimpsest of prehistoric history a dozen times rewritten by the toil and hope of man had been again obliterated by the finger of fire a tongue of lava only just cool had licked out the record of the dead ages a tawny glacis of rock confronted us instead of the panorama of thousands of years everywhere we flew were marks of the recent volcanic work and not merely creative but destructive still farther off we found vast subsidences which had suddenly unveiled the secrets of many geological epochs some of them had been titanic in the abruptness and extent of their work but the great ice plains and ice harrows had been already smoothing and rounding or leveling the serrated or sharp edges only in one new cliff did we see a repetition of the now hidden record a bold hill had been cut through as if by a sword and there had evidently been built and overwhelmed village after village we could discern here and there traces of their employment suddenly abandoned their looms and ploughs and anvils embalmed in rock and once or twice the forms of workers tragically surprised at their work by the showers of ashes showed empty and void the living tissues having fallen to dust leaving only the shell like the tunnel of a huge worm in the petrified debris we lingered over this open volume of human history longer than we would have done had we been older and wiser so deeply did it touch the fountains of romance and the dimmer twilight of the brief antarctic night overtook us before our task was done when we awoke at dawn we resumed our investigations only to find countless signs of renewed subterranean energy we hurried to the various points of danger and discovered only too clearly that the first storm would send the waters of the ocean breaching into many new volcanic vents we could have no hesitance as to the conclusion to be drawn and the next steps to take it would be impossible for us unprovided as we were with instruments and engines to guard against the threatening catastrophe the best we could do would be to return with all swiftness to limanora and warn the elders of our family perchance we should be able to anticipate the approach of any tempest and if temporary measures were taken the coming winter might stop the gaping mouths of ruin with her downward creeping glaciers we hastened back to the slope on which we had left our felina even at a distance as we swept down from aloft we began to be troubled at the changes in the landscape where there had been a great ice cap crowning the precipitous ridge there was a gapping chasm rock and incrustation had been together blown to atoms a new smoking cone was brushing the azure with its cloud of dust and as we descended we found its streams of lava still licking and hissing their way through the snow and ice that clothed its feet 
we recognized the features of the locality with difficulty and it was long before we fixed the valley in which we had left our airship still we could see no trace of our trusty felina it had vanished after long search we came to the conclusion that it had been swept on by a billow of molten rock and overwhelmed and the realization of the calamity cast me despairing to the ground how different it was with thyriel i perceived as soon as my dismay allowed me to rouse my consciousness from its palsy she was exploring the edges of the tongue of fire and up the side of the opposing hill she found a section of our flight car unmelted by the heat broken off by a bold jut of rock that left scarred by the fire and twisted by the force of the sea of lava yet recognizable in its outlines happily it was the part that contained our store of sustenance and all our equipments for a long wing voyage spare chest and shoulder engines and the apparatus necessary for supporting them with electricity from the air we did not encumber ourselves with more than we thought would be essential for the long air journey back to riolaro the minute pellets of sustenance were easily disposed of but it puzzled us to know what to do with the additional apparatus for so long protracted a voyage my powers of flight were still so crude and undeveloped and my locomotion through the air so clumsy and slow that thyriel had to carry both hers and mine i was greatly perturbed over the possible result of so dangerous a venture but it had to be undertaken and she had buoyancy and exhilaration enough for both my sinking heart felt the influence of her magnetism and i gained confidence after we set out the first half of our voyage was marked by singular good fortune the breeze went with us every day and at night or when the muscles of my legs and arms grew numb from fatigue we sighted an iceberg and rested on it though it heaved and rocked and on occasion threatened submersion our minds were at rest for we had our wings always attached and everything in readiness to sweep upwards from our perch the difficulty came when we passed beyond the antarctic ocean and voyaged high enough above the heaving trackless desert of water which lies between the region of icebergs and the first ring of the islets that stipple the tropical seas how were we to find resting places at night or during the day when my wing achievements grew lame and tardy even thyriel's heart sank as she thought of the hundreds of leagues we had to traverse unbroken by any sign of land at first she kept along the immemorial line of bird travel from the south on the chance of finding here and there some spot of land thrown up by the growing disturbances beneath the sea for some days we were fortunate enough to find a nightly perching place above the billows upon the temporary vents of the submarine fires dangerous it is true yet with care and watching safe then we came upon a zone of calm water so strangely still and free from the action of wind and current that the albatrosses basked moveless upon it here thyriel bound our wings together and made a raft on which we floated as we slept but that was only for two revolutions of the earth and was the prelude to a tornado from the northeast a wind so unusual in those latitudes that the limanorans never take it into the calculations of their voyages through the air 
just when we were within three days wing journey of our home the tempest began and brought us almost to a standstill we tried to battle against it but our efforts were vain then we rose according to limanoran custom into the higher atmosphere where is usually found perfect calm and perfect freedom from cloud and storm but the fury of the disturbance seemed to be miles deep the upper air was as thick and turbulent as the lower our troubles culminated in disaster to my wing appendages i was never expert in their management but in the baffling storm i grew helpless and in my despair let them beat almost unguided the result was irreparable injury to the left wing and such an obstruction to the movement of the right as made it unmanageable. I felt my heart sink, for I saw that I must soon fall into the ocean below and be dashed to pieces or drown. Thyriel looked down and saw my peril. In a flash of thought she abandoned all she carried except for her chest and shoulder engines and swooping down towards me caught me as i fell an upward sweep of the wind aided in her efforts and she buoyed me up till i had recovered energy and heart then she told me what she meant to do for a time i would not be persuaded and prayed that i might be abandoned to my fate but she would not hear of such a thing by the force of her will i soon gave way and nestled as i had often done when learning to fly in the hollow between her wings before the storm she let herself go and i could feel we were moving almost as swiftly as if we had been in our own felina it was useless for her she showed me to fight against the wind especially after she had thrown away the apparatus for quickly renewing the power of her engines after a time i saw how much she labored under her burden and I sent promptly into the gulf beneath all I had carried, my broken wings, my engines, and my stores of sustenance. I felt that her spirit protested, but she said nothing, and I was relieved to feel that we were rising instead of falling. She grew more buoyant and was even able to spare magnetism enough to put heart into me. The course she had taken so promptly was the only one that could have saved both of us, she might have weathered the storm alone, and then found her way back to Limanora. But as it was, she knew that the tempest would bear us, if she could keep us both high above the earth, right across the long narrow cloud of New Zealand. She felt by her bodily magnetism that we were approaching it, and while it was still daylight we came within reach of it. She, seeing that we were evidently coasting its southern shores, but too far off to make them with her exhausted powers, grew afraid that we would be blown far off to the south again, and thus missing our resting place, for we could see the coasts round northwards. Happily at this juncture the wind suddenly veered round to the southwest, and we were swept before it in the twilight into a deep fjord our hearts were glad to feel that soon we would touch the earth and rest i was tempestuously elated for i felt by the beat of her heart and the quick short breath she drew that she was near the end of her powers we were close to a precipice and i was eagerly preparing to leap from her back when she seemed suddenly to collapse i fell through the air and then knew no more till i awakened in your hut 
what became of thyriel puzzled me for long but i am persuaded that after seeing me drawn by you safely to land she went off before favouring the wind towards limanora for help that she has been so long troubles my thoughts deeply at times but i believe that she will return for me if only i rest here long enough i dare not leave the place long lest she should come in my absence and the solitude and your gentle silence soothe me in my weary meditation. End of chapter 14